the deal. Another honest Pastor Dan moment. So I had a message for you today. I'd spent a long time on it. And Thursday at 1.54, I practiced it. And I was like, well, that was boring. Like, that was really bad. Uh, I, I was going to use a different word, but my mom says I can't use that word. So it was boring. It was bad. Uh, so I changed my message. I said, Mary, I said, I'm needing to write a new message. Unfortunately, the programming team had already put together a really funny video about my previous message. And so the video completely doesn't fit what I'm talking about today, but it was going to be good. Uh, we're in this series, This Is Church. Uh, we we're trying to wrap up the This Is Series Church, uh, or This Is Church series by talking about order versus disorder and that we want to live in the tension. We talk a lot about that, right? We want to live in the tension of the pendulum swing of order where, you know, you're doing worship. You're like, oh, we're, you know, 13 minutes and we only have 13 minutes for worship and you cut it off mid-song. Or disorder, where like, you know, five, six hours later, we're still singing the same song, the chorus 102 times. Sing it one more time! So we're somewhere in the middle. Uh, they, again, they put together this great video. I didn't want to see it go to waste, so let's watch this together. Can we give it up for the team that put that together? So good. So we are concluding our series, This is Church. And uh, in, uh, as Monte Python would say, now for some, something completely different. Um, I'm going to close with this. Why I love church. And, and I get that it's easy to say everything that's wrong with church. I've never felt like that's a great spiritual gift, you know, of being able to say what's wrong. But um, to be able to really say what I love about church, and I, even like 
I don't know about you. Uh, for me, this last season, I've just run into it. I've just pressed into it. So many, I just I love you, God. I love you, love you, love you, love you. I love that LifeSpring has pressed in to uh, God and to his church. It's been such a good season. I, I love it that we, we saw that it was even beyond a Sunday morning service. It was beyond the four walls of this church. We saw the church go out into your families, into your communities, into the restaurants, into the grocery stores. We saw the church be the church. And I, I just want to thank you for that. And that's my heart. I, I've given my life for the church. I will be in this until I die. I love God's church. And so I just wanted to go through a list of the reasons why I love the church. This isn't an exhaustive list. I'm sure there's more. Anytime someone says the three reasons, I'm always like, no, there's probably at least four. But uh, I'm going to give you a few here. Um, again, I get it. Church, it's not perfect. Why? Because I'm here. Uh, like, I get that. But the church is beautiful, right? The church is powerful. The church is the temple of God. The church is the body of Christ. And so here's just a few reasons why I love the church. The first one is this. It's where dead things come to life. Yeah, can I get an amen on that one? It's where dead things come to life. Think about it this way. This this should blow our minds. Right now, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people all over the world today, on this day, will come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That is so exciting to me, that all over this world right now, dead things are coming back to life. Dead things. Things that were truly headed towards death and destruction are now walking into eternal life. Brand new, born again, old is gone, new has come, old clothes put away, new clothes put on, in Christ. Hallelujah. That that just encourages me. That, That fires me up. I was thinking about uh, Acts chapter 2, because we're going to go into Acts in the fall, and so I was in a little pre-study on Acts. And, and in Acts chapter 2, Peter gives that amazing sermon. You, you guys all know on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2, 37, 38. The people are like, okay, like you got us listening. Like, what do we do? What does he tell them? He's two words, right? Repent and be baptized. Uh, later, I think it's Acts 16, there's the Paul and Silas. They're hanging out with a jailer. Same kind of jailer's like, man, what do I need to do to be saved? They said, what? Believe in the Lord and you will be saved. So before I even go any further, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, could you just settle that one today? We'd love, love to pray for you. We'd love to partner with you on that. Just repent. Turn from the current life that you've been living outside of his will, outside of his plans without submitting to him. Just turn from that and turn to Jesus. Believe in Jesus and you will be saved. Also, it says repent and get baptized. I know several lakes, and it's hot, so I am more than willing to go on the lake with you today. In fact, I w- I'll dunk you twice. I'm, I'm so good with it. And so a five-mile lake, that's one of my fa- it's going to be packed, but what a cool thing that is. Like, you're going to have maybe 100 people get to watch you get baptized saying, I once was dead in my sins, but now I'm alive in Christ. So, again, if that, that's you, please come talk to me afterwards. We'd love to pray for you. I love it that dead things come to life in the church. Uh, it's where I found healing. In the church, I found healing. You guys know I was radically healed of two herniated discs in 08. Uh, I was at a conference with a bunch of believers, and I had had, so, I had the injections. I had the traction device. I had the sit-down, sit-up desk, whatever you call it. I never could make it from Spokane to Seattle without stopping multiple times because of my back. I mean, it was just the worst. And yet, in that moment, my back was healed. That was, what, 13 years ago. Some of you guys know that February 7th, I was healed. I I had fibromyalgia for the last 12 years. And February 7th, right here, I was healed of fibromyalgia. Church, listen to before you clap, listen to this. 
The last time I had prescription medication, and I'm not against prescription medication. I'm all for doctors. I'm all for all those things. You guys know that about me. But for my body and what the healing that the Lord has done in my body, the last time I took any sort of prescription medication besides some vitamin B and fish oil uh, was March 21st. Now you can clap. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I found healing in the church. In fact, if there is anyone here um, that needs healing, we want to pray for you. I, I want to put up on the screen, I think it's James five sixteen through 18. And let's go ahead and read this together. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Say it with me. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up if they have sinned. They will be forgiven. So I have some anointing oil. I gave uh, some anointing oil to uh, some of my friends, Pastor Laura and Pastor Randy and Catherine C. If you're sick and you'd like prayer, uh, would you stand up and we will anoint you with oil and we'll pray. Anybody? Yeah, we got Debbie and we got Kent over here. We got Grace. We got Kelly. All right, so church, would you just pray with us? Let's take some time to pray for healing. Lord Jesus. We thank you that when we are gathered, two or three or more, we know you're here. And Jesus, this is what you do. You heal people. So in the name of Jesus, heal my friend. Lord, uh, I know Grace. She's not someone that would hold it to herself. She'd tell the whole world about her healing. It would actually be for the advancement of the kingdom. So Lord, just heal my friend in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is a man who's given so much of his life to the kingdom, Lord. And I just pray right now he would receive. He's a giver, but, Lord, he wants to receive. Lord, that he would receive right now. Lord, you say you're not a God who gives, a father who gives bad gifts. You're a father who gives good gifts. Would you give him right now, Lord, just a gift of healing, Lord, just to heal him that he needs, Lord. That even now there would be a loosening, just a, a release. Wherever there's that grip and tightening, it would be done. In the mighty name of Jesus, there would just be a set free moment of deliverance, Lord, that he would be healed. The day would be a radical day of healing. Lord, just even now, minister by your presence, by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We have confidence in you, Jesus, in this moment. And Lord, I also pray that healing over his family, Lord, over his children, Lord, over his siblings, Lord, that there would be a healing that would just cascade over everyone, Lord. Uh, I, I just read the other day, he, he talked about, uh, uh, actually in Acts 16, he says, you and your whole household will be saved, Lord. We just pray that a wholeness, that Zoe, a uh, wholeness, Lord, um, a sozo, a healing, Lord, and wholeness over this entire family. Salvation would come to the house of the righteous. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Yeah. Uh, Pastor Laura, we have Jeanette over here. Anyone else? Over here? Okay. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus. Lord, that you are calling on her life, Lord, that words of true joy over her today, Lord, 
so she was a gift. She has blessed this entire church. She has sent over a thousand cards to the people of this church. And we thank you for her faithfulness. Now you be the faithful God in her life. Be faithful God. Even when we are faithful, because you are faithful. Be faithful right now in Donna Heller's life. We thank you. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the church, I've learned about healing. Amen. Amen. Well, in the church, I've learned how to receive love. And I've learned how to receive forgiveness from God. And I'm still learning how to receive love from others. I've always struggled with this. I don't think I'm alone in this. But I've, you don't have to raise your hand, but anybody else struggle with receiving God's love? It's always been a battle for me. Always. And forgiveness, just all those things. And yet, I was thinking about it this week, but I'm learning. I'm learning. Anyone thankful that maybe you're not quite there yet, but you're on the right path? <laughs> right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm learning. I'm growing. And, and I'm learning to receive His love. I'm learning to receive forgiveness from the Lord, from Jesus. In the church, I've learned, oh, this is a big one. I've learned to stop condemning myself for past sins. Learning. Therefore, what? There is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. In the church, I have learned to let go of my shame. It creeps up every once in a while, but I'm learning in the church to let go of my shame. I've learned to stop, oh man, stop trying in myself efforts to make myself worthy. Anyone else? Like, just give me the top ten list, God. And if I make the top ten list, then I'm like, and now you're going to love me. Yeah, how's that working for you, as Dr. Phil would say? But I've learned. I've learned to let go of that. Man, damn, all your striving, all your efforts, just surrender. That's what I've learned. I've learned to repent. Aren't you thankful that you're not afraid of repentance? Isn't that glorious? It's his kindness that leads us to repent. Oh, Lord. Forgive me. I, I love his repentance. It says his repentance leads us into times of refreshing. I love the times of refreshing I've had in the Lord. As I just repent, out of his kindness, repent. I turn, Lord. I just, I want to receive, receive, Lord, again. It's not about me. It's about you. The radical, reckless love of God. The relentless love and forgiveness of God. I, I've learned that in the church. I've also learned to receive love from others. That's a hard one for me. I, I don't trust anybody, you know, but... But I'm learning. I'm growing in receiving love from others. Another one uh, I've learned in the church, and why I love the church, I've learned to give love and give forgiveness. Now, I don't want you looking at the person next to you. I don't want any elbows or anything like that. Don't be looking around. But (laughs) I'll say it this way. I've learned to give love and forgiveness. I want you to think of someone in the church, not like at your employer, you know, or your family or whatever, but like in the church that you struggle to love. Again, don't look at anybody. (laughs) Right? We all got them, right? That that person that you struggle to love. But think about it this way. And this is why God's so good. Think about how good God has been where he's helped you learn how to love that person. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Like, isn't that the most beautiful thing? That even that relationship, whatever that relationship is, aren't you thankful that as a Christian, it's not done. Like, the Lord just keeps on working on your heart, 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 and you learn to give love. You learn to give love. I love, Jesus says this in John 13. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. 
We learn to forgive. Ephesians 4 talks about it this way. Paul says, be kind and compassionate to each other. Right? Be kind. Be compassionate to one another. Forgiving one another. Forgiving each other. Right? Just as what? In Christ, God forgave you. That's pretty good, right? Why do we forgive others? Because God has forgiven us in Jesus Christ. But it's not easy. Forgiving other people, not easy. You know why it's not easy? Because usually what they did was probably wrong. What they did, right, it hurt you. It wounded you. It, in some way you felt violated. But in forgiving someone, you're, you're taking this active step of faith. It's actively showing grace. It's actively showing, you're not just forgetting about it, you're actively showing that person grace, stepping out in grace. And in church, see, I don't know about you, but I've learned about the grace of God in my own life. Has anyone else, again, learned about the grace of God in your own life? And he has shown me the grace that he has in my life, that he sent his son to die for me and to give me abundant life. Again, not because I earned it or deserved it, but what? Because out of his great love for me, he sent his son to die for my sins. And so I'm learning about amazing love, extravagant grace, unfailing mercy. And the more that I learn about God and about God's grace, and the more I learn about God and the way he's forgiven me, I don't know, I, you can't help but not grow in in loving God and loving others, right? Or we're just completely clueless and still blind. But I don't know about you. For me, I'll get, like, it's scary. Like when I'll have like a negative thought about someone, and I just feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, how dare you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Dad, and you're like, what I have done for you, Dan. And then you would turn around and, Think that way about that person. Dan, soften your heart. Soften your heart. I've learned how to give love and give forgiveness. I I love Jesus. He says this in Luke 7 about a woman who's pouring out the perfume. And we all know this story, but listen to what he says. He goes, I tell you, her sins, and they are many, they have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. Everyone say much love. It's kind of weird English, but it, it makes sense, right? She's shown much love. But a person who is forgiven little, they only show a little love. <laughs> Church, who are we going to be? Are we going to be the much love group or the little love group? For me, I'm the much love group, right? Because I have learned that God and his great man, he has done so much for me. He has forgiven me of so much. And so I'm going to lavish out my love on him. I'm going to love him much. Again, it's so awkward to say, but that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to love him much because I've been forgiven much. And hopefully, even as I love God, that will begin to flow into my relationship with others. And I will love others too. Amen. All right. In the church, I've learned about the power of the Bible. Come on. Anybody? Anybody believe in the Bible? (laughs) Anybody believe it's still the living word of God? Jesus. The Bible. I've learned about, I love Life Spring. I love Life Spring. I love it. I love that, this place. You come on a Sunday morning, you're going to hear so much scripture. You come to a next level class, to a life group, wherever you go. If you're at Life Spring, you're going to be saturated in the love of God that is found, what? In his Bible. That I love Philippians, what? 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. First Peter 5, that tells us I can cast my cares, my anxieties, my worries onto the Lord. Why? Because what? He what? Come on. He cares for me. Listen to Matthew 11. This is Jesus. I remember growing up in the, I love growing up in the church because you hear these things. And you heard it once, 
But you don't just need to hear it once. It's not like you just read the Bible once and go, like, I finished the book. It was okay. The middle was a little slow, but it had a great ending. No, you read it again and again and again. And since my earliest days, I've been reading Matthew 11. Look at this, 28 through 30. Jesus says, come to me, come to me. And, I, and when I hear the Father's voice, it always says, Danny, come to me, Danny. Come to me, Danny. Come to me, Danny. I, I know you're struggling, but come to me, Danny. I know you're crying. Come to me, Danny. I know you're scared. I know you're full of anxiety. Just come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I know your heart is broken. Come to me. All who are weary. All who are burdened. Because I'm going to give you rest. But he goes on. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Come. Learn from me. I just love the word. He's like, come. Because you know I'm gentle. I'm humble of heart. Come. You're going to find rest. See, because my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Aren't you thankful for the Bible? John 16. <laughs> this is another one of those. I, I mean, the thing about it, you grow up in the church, but you don't necessarily read the Bible all the time. And then you're in college. And you're really struggling. And you read John 16:33 that says, Take heart. I've told you these things. That in me you may have peace. Where do we find our peace, church? What does the Bible say? In who? Say his name. Jesus. In me you find peace. He says, now in the world, guess what you're going to find? Trouble. I remember as a college student, I was like, I didn't know it said that. What? Because... TBN told me that there was never going to be trouble. <laughs> I thought I was just going to be happy and wealthy and like, woo. But then I was devastated. Like, forget that. I'm, again, I'm a pre-med biology major. I'm like, forget God. I'm going that route. But then Jesus comes close. He says, hey, Dan, come close, 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 close. Danny. Yeah. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. Why? Why do we take heart? Because he says, I have overcome the world. Amen? Amen. I've learned Isaiah 26.3. I was 18 years old. I was going to become a young life leader, and they gave me this huge packet, and they said, you got to memorize all these verses if you want to be a leader. And so I memorized them. Isaiah 26.3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is steadfast in you. Why? Because they trust in you. If you want to have peace in the Lord, if you want to have peace through the chaos of 2021, what do you got to do? You trust in the Lord. Your mind is steadfast on the Lord. And then I love this one in Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ, he's talking to the body, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members of one body you were called to peace. I mean, we could go on and on on this one, right? The Bible is so good. I want you to do something for me right now in the next 15 seconds. Go ahead and open up to your favorite verse in the Bible. So if you've got your smartphone, if you don't have it, that's fine. But for anyone that has their Bible, smartphone, tablet, whatever you got, just open up to your favorite verse. Maybe you have several, so just pick one. And I, what I want you to do is when you get to that favorite verse, I want you to say it to yourself. I want you to remind yourself of that. Because I've found with some of my favorite verses, it's a great reminder. It's a great reminder. It's like a remembrance stone of saying, man, look what my God has done. Look what my God is doing. And look what my God is going to continue to do. So go ahead and pull that out and read that to encourage you. And then if we could just have several of us maybe uh, say it out loud. So I have a couple of mics. I got uh, Andrew, if you'd stand up. Uh, we're going to have a couple of mics. So raise your hand really high. And if we could get a few of these verses shared, you, you get a chance to share one of your favorite Bible verses. So again, raise your hand up high. 
We'll see if anyone actually did the assignment. We got one. Got one over there. Fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Truly, I will help you. Truly, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I grew up in the Assembly of God. Most of the Bible verses I learned were songs. That's the way we did it in the 80s. <laughs> but this was one of my favorite. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knoweth not God, for God is love. First John 4, 7 and 8. Woo! <laughs> Come on. Well, I have the, uh, the same theme uh, as the last person in 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Amen. 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 Keep your hands up and we'll, uh, Braden, get over there. I think we have a couple over here. Andrew, thank uh, you guys. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Come on. Amen. Love it. My CD is Psalm 23. Mm. Uh, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Mm. You know what I love about that verse, too, is like that's the one you're, that's like when you're going through real life, right? Verses like, this is like you hold on to these verses. Amen. <clears throat> Romans 8:28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Joe? Uh, my favorite go-to is Isaiah 43, 18 through 21. Um, <clears throat> do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Wow. Amen. Let's do two more. We got two more. Got Bobby and then where and Scott. Got those two. Um, so I'm looking in Isaiah 40. Uh, I'll do 29. Sorry, sorry. Uh, he gives strength to the weary and cre- increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will, will walk and not be faint. And that's out of the NIV, but I think uh, in the version I learned, it says, uh, you know, those who wait on the Lord. Yeah. And when I learned to, to wait on, a, on the Lord and just be in his presence and listen, uh, everything changed in my walk. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, it's so good. Such a good Thank life you, verse for me. Thank you. Wow, wow, wow. And then uh, Bobby. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Philippians 4.13. Amen. And Bobby, your husband passed away a few years ago, right? Would today, would have been his birthday today? Yeah, today would have been his birthday. And I just love on, on this day, you're saying, I can do all things through Christ 
He strengthens me. Church, do you believe in the power of the Bible? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. That's so encouraging. All right. In the church, just got a couple more. In the church, I've learned the power of the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. We say it every week, Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine by what? His power, according to his power that is at work in us. So he's doing immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. He's doing more. Like We're like, yeah, God, I think God would. No, he's like, I can do more. He goes, yeah, I think God maybe. No, I'm going to do more. I'm going to, you know, how much more? Immeasurably more. Like, not like, you know, like, well, we got this much, God, if you could do this much more. He's like, no, immeasurably more, more than you could measure. I'm going to do more than you could ask. Like, go ahead and ask. He wants you to ask, but I'm going to do more, he says. Uh, and imagine, yeah, dream, have dreams, have visions, all that. He goes, yeah, but I'm going to do even more than you can imagine. And how am I going to do it? He's not going to do it from some, like, distant place. And he's just going to come, like, whoa, where's God? And God, when you need to come. No, he's like, no, I'm already here. You know where I am? I'm in you. And I'm going to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine by my power that is at work within you. Can somebody say Amen. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit's amazing. We just read it this week, right? Uh, 2 Timothy 1.14. Paul, he's talking to Timothy, this young leader who's kind of having a tough time. But he says, Timothy, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. But how do you guard it? You don't just guard it with a bunch of willpower. You don't just kind of grit your teeth and muscle through it. He says, no, you're going to guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who is where? Who lives in us. The Holy Spirit, he's with us when we gather, he's in us individually. We are the temple of God. We're told in uh, Corinthians that you and I individually, but also we're told corporately we are uh, the temple of God. We are a place where the Spirit gathers. I love this series, that this is church. We learn about the Holy Spirit. He comes even in a service like this, and he distributes to each one these gifts. And aren't you thankful for the words and, and, the, and the words of knowledge, the words of wisdom? Aren't you thankful for the words of prophecy that have been spoken over your life at just the right time, right? In just the right moment, the Lord uh, spoke to you through a text or an email or a phone call. The Lord spoke through his people by the power of the Holy Spirit. He spoke. Aren't you thankful for those words and tongues? And and, and then there's the interpretation and you hear the interpretation. You're like, oh, Jesus, you are so, so good. I'm so thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit. I've learned. It's something we've all learned, I think, because when you, you kind of first start hanging out in church, you think it's just a bunch of rules. But then you realize, no, it's not a bunch of rules it's a relationship well how am i going to have a relationship because isn't god like somewhere there off far in the distance didn't bet Mittler say god is watching us from a distance but no it's not from a distance we're told that the power of the holy spirit is living in us so you learn it's not just rules and regulations and religion it's a living relationship with a living god who is living inside of us so then in the church and again i've made a thousand mistakes but his mercy remains and a thousand times he's just they're saying, Dan, I want to fill you by my spirit. I want to lead you by my spirit. I want you to walk and come along with my spirit because, Dan, I got places for you to go. But if you're going to go there, you got to follow me. But I'm the spirit who comes and abides, who is with you. I am Emmanuel. I'm never going to leave you, never going to forsake you. So come. I am the spirit. In fact, I'm just going to go inside of you, Dan. So wherever you go, I go. Wherever you are, I am. Because, Dan, I love you so much. I have plans for you, Dan. And I want you to come with me. And I am the power of God. Where chaos... Think about the chaos at the beginning of the world, beginning of creation. It was chaotic waters, and yet the Spirit was hovering. And the Spirit brought order out of chaos. And He's done the same thing for my life. And I'm thankful that in the church, I've learned about the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And aren't you thankful that the power of the Holy Spirit is not just about the gifts, 
Like it's not just about putting on like a magic show or showing some tricks. That the true work of the Spirit, like the gifts are a part of it, but the true work of the Spirit is that, man, I feel unrefined. I feel really messy. And yet he says, I'm not done with you, Dan. And I'm doing a good work in you. In fact, I'm the one who is faithful to complete the good work that I started in you. But this is what's going to happen, Dan. This is what's going to happen to you, each one of you, as you walk by my spirit. You're going to begin to have such a fruit grow in you. Such a good fruit. Such a beautiful fruit. Your life, I mean, they people aren't going to even be able to get close. You're just going to be dripping with the fruit of the Spirit that it's just going to get all over people when they're next to you. And you know what that fruit is going to be? It's going to be love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Aren't you thankful for the Spirit of God? Because I came to Him just rebellious and ornery and stubborn and yet he's never given up on me and he keeps on doing this good work in me and in you aren't you thankful for the good work he's doing let's just read it together because this is who we are today church the enemy likes to tell you you're just who you always were but god is saying no i am making you something beautiful look at this say it together the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control Against such things there is no law. That's us, church, because we're spirit-filled and spirit-led people of God. Amen. This is the last one. I'll close with this. In the church, I've learned about worship. I've learned about worship. Ephesians 5.19, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. I love this next line. Sing. 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 I have a lot of Christians that tell me, like, well, I'm not really a singer, or I'm not into singing, or I can't carry a tune, or, or that's not the way I worship the Lord. Well, then you're going to have to get a black marker and cross this one out. <laughs> because this one says sing. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Even think about this, 2021. There's not a lot of places where we publicly sing anymore. Right? Culture, like even 100 years ago, you would sing at everything. Rotary Club, you're singing. Uh, at the park opening, you're singing. Uh, you're, and you're probably going to have like a band, a marching band. Like you're singing, you're playing, you're, you're, you're going to have those types of things. In our culture, where do you sing? You, you might sing the national anthem at a sporting event. But we even ruin that, right? Because what do we do with the national anthem? We give the mic to one person and one person sings. And we just kind of, like even there. So you know what we got? We got the seventh inning stretch. <laughs> if anyone knows what I'm talking about. What song do you sing at the seventh inning stretch? Right? And so that, that's all of our pagan friends. We're just like, take me out to... Don't sing it. Unless it's for the Mariners, then you can sing. Go Mariners. But anyways, I just, I just that blows my mind. I don't think we remember that, that our culture is not a culture of singing. You might sing at a Kidney Chesney concert or something like that, but you're probably not going to sing corporately. And so church, we sing. You sing. I sing. You don't sing because you have a good voice. You don't sing because you have good pitch. You sing because you're a Christian. And Christians sing and make music to the Lord with our hearts. We're going to say this together. Psalm 150, let's say it like we mean it. Let's say it really loud, right? Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts and power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with temporal and dancing. I like that part. Praise Him with the strings and pipe. 
Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Come on. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. The worship team can come on up. I, I was thinking about this. We all, we, we, whether we know it or not, we have all grown up in a culture of worship in America. But often it's a worship of who? Of ourselves. Uh, you learn a lot about that growing up. Uh, we worship the sun. <laughs> it was, uh, you don't have to admit that, but a lot of us uh, worship the weather. Uh, celebrities. We worship a lot of celebrities. It's amazing how much we care what celebrities think about issues. So we uh, worship celebrities. We worship money, possessions, power, fame. But you know, in the church, there's only one worthy of our worship. And it's Jesus. Again, why I repent so much? Because I'm always running off trying to worship something else. But in the church, come on, I love the church. In the church, I've learned that no, there's only one worthy of my worship. It's Jesus. John said, worthy is the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And Revelation says, worthy is the lamb of God who was and is and is to come. He's worthy of our worship. Bishop Joseph from Kenya, he was here last week. And he was telling me, he loved our worship, by the way. He just loved it. He goes, you're teaching us how to worship is the way he put it. But he said, I love to worship because in worship, he says, I'm able to work out all my emotions. And that was, that was wise, but it was also true. When you don't know what to say, when you don't know what to do, we worship the Lord. And I'm so thankful that whether, I, you know me, I was in a Presbyterian church, I was in a Baptist church, I was in a seeker-sensitive church, I've been here with you guys. Wherever I've been, I've been in communities that know how to worship the Lord, that worship God, whether it's with a hymn or with a modern song, people who worship the Lord. And so... Would you stand with me? Let's stand together. I, I just want to pray this. that I want to pray over you, but that we as a church, and it's actually getting kind of hot in here, so we've got to wrap this up. But um, I just want to pray this over you, that we would all press in. That, again, I think God loves the church. There is no plan B. We are plan His plan, right? We're the ones that go out with the good news of Jesus Christ. We're the ones that tell people about what Jesus has done. And we baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's, that's us. That's what we do. And I, and I could have given a sermon, I get it, of all the bad things that have happened to me in church. I, I could have given that sermon. But uh, in the faith, I want to speak these things out. And you know who I want to really hear these things? The devil. <laughs> and the enemy of our souls, and the powers and principalities. That I just wanted to know, you ain't winning. And you think you're destroying and doing all... No, my God is greater. And in Jesus, I have the victory. And I love his church. It's his bride. He's coming back for his church. It's his body. It's his temple. So press in, as messy as it is. And church, the other thing I'd say is, as much as I want that for me, as much as I want that for you, who I really want this for is for the lost people of Fife, Milton, and Edgewood. 
I want them to experience Jesus. I want them to experience life in Jesus. I want them to go from death to life. I want them to find healing in Jesus. I want them to receive love and forgiveness from God, but also love from us. I I want them to learn how to give love. There's a version of love in this world that is just a mess. And it will never, ever result in wholeness. And I want them to experience real love from God, real love from the family of God, so they can learn how to live and express real love from God. I want them to learn how to raise their voices and trust in the Word of God when they're struggling, that they could trust in the Bible. I want people to learn in our community, even that person that you're like, God would never, yes, He wants to save them, but He wants to put His Spirit inside of them that they would learn how to live by the power of His Spirit. That's not just for a couple of us. He wants that for all of us. He said, I'm pouring out my Spirit on all sons and daughters. I want that for our community. I want for this community, I believe God's heart even more. He wants the worship of his creation that we would sing a song to the Lord of worship of praise let everything that has breath everything everything the mountains the rocks the trees your neighbors your friends your family let everything that has breath praise the Lord so church come on come on this next month we're talking about going outside the next four weeks, we're talking about getting outside the four walls of the church and seeing what God wants to do in the community and the world. But this has been an amazing series. And so if we could just conclude with this, uh, it's an old one, but I think it's appropriate. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in 